Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. To celebrate the release of my new book of devotions on Ephesians for the next little while here on the podcast, I'm going to be releasing talks through the entire book of Ephesians. These talks have been preached in church services, on camps, and in other contexts, and some of them are as old as 2015, some as recent as 2022. Some have been on the podcast before, and some of them are brand new. If you like the talks, hopefully you'll love the devotions. There are 40 days of readings, and they'll take you through the entire book of Ephesians. You can order the book now by heading to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Ephesians. All right, that's all for now. I hope you enjoy the talk. So I drove up here on uh, Friday, last Friday. We drove, I drove from Melbourne all the way up to Canberra. I did this drive and I love road trips. Who likes road trips? Yes, great. A, a lot of good road trips uh, happen uh, when you get to uh, go with people you like, or if it's me, I have great road trips when I go by myself, so I also go with people I like, and uh, we, you get to do uh, like fun stuff along the way, but the thing that I like the most about road trips is when you stop, because when you stop along the way, that means food. You get to fuel yourself up. Like, obviously, you got some fuel in the car. You know, that's fine. But you get to go into the, the, the road stop, go into the petrol station, go to the Maccas, go to the Olivers if you want to be fancy, go to, go to the KFC if you want to be the opposite of fancy. And you get to get yourself whatever you want. Because you're on a road trip, it's like, the possibilities are endless. Like you might at home have to eat like healthily, but when you're on the road, you eat whatever, whatever you need to continue this journey. So you go in, I go in, I'm like, oh, what, what are the chips? I need chips. So I buy a lot of chips. I'm like, I'm probably going to need some chocolate. So I buy some chocolate. I need some Coke. And then I buy way too much Coke because I'm like, I'm on a road trip. I need a lot of Coke. It's going to be great. And then the bit that I'm most excited about is when it gets to halfway through the road trip because that means it's lunchtime. And lunchtime, for me, always means Maccas. Maccas is like, like I love Maccas all the time, but it hits particularly well when you're on a road trip. So on this particular one that I did on Friday, my halfway point was Gundagai. So I was, who's been to Gundagai? Great. It's a place. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, there's many things that one could say about Gundagai, but I won't say most of them. But uh, what they did have is they have a Maccas. And so I was very excited to get to Maccas. I pulled up at Maccas. And then the first thing I had to do, because I'd drunk a lot of Coke, is whiz. So I did that. And then I pulled out my Maccas app and I went to order my classic Angus burger because that's the one I like the most. That keeps me going. And then I went to order it, and they didn't have any classic Angus burgers. For some reason, every cow called Angus had already been eaten. 
So I was like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I could eat like a Big Mac. I'm like, but it's not a classic Angus burger. I could eat like a fillet of fish, <laughs> as if. And, and I was like, I can't do that. I just got to keep going. So I just got back in the car and I kept driving to the next Macca's, which is all the way at Yass. So I'm almost to Canberra, but I'm like, I'm not going to finish this road trip until I've had my Macca's. So I went and then I got to Yas Macca's and they did have a classic Angus burger, but they didn't have the seasoning, but I was okay with that because I got my burger and I made it the last like 50 kilometers to Canberra after that. I survived. I made it through. I got through the road trip and I had a great time, except for that hard bit between Gundagai and Yas. Anyway, all this, the point of all this is that here we are in Ephesians. We are halfway through the book of Ephesians. By the the end of this talk, we'll be halfway there. And so Paul, as he writes this, at the halfway mark, what is it that he thinks that the Ephesians need to continue on in this journey through Ephesians? What is it that is going to get them there? This is a rhetorical question, but thanks for putting your hand up. Do you want to answer it? Look, you know, thanks for trying. Oh, (laughs) Thank you. And it is. This is what he prays for. He says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that you might have a classic Angus beef burger. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, great. He doesn't pray for that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Paul's, Paul's probably not against the classic Angus beef burger. Um, yeah, it may not have existed yet, but he, anyway, now I'm distracted. All right. <laughs> Look at what he prays for. Let's see what he prays. He says, he prays that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. So first thing he's praying for is power. Now we've talked about how this is a book of two halves. So the first half is all the theory, all the theology, the deep stuff about who God is, what he's done for us in Jesus. The second half, where we're going, is all the stuff you do now as a result of that. So you'd think that maybe if he was going to pray this prayer, he would pray, I pray that they would have power to be good people. I pray that they would have power to speak well. I pray that they would have power to not do dodgy sex stuff. I pray that they would have power to not steal things. I pray that they would have power to be really nice to their parents or their kids. I pray that they would have that power. But that's not what he prays for. He prays for that they would have power, but the power that he prays is this, that through his spirit in your inner being, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So the first thing he prays is that through the Holy Spirit, that Christ would dwell in them. And then he prays this. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, here it is again, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So he wants Jesus to live in them, And through Jesus living in them, that they might have power to know the love of Jesus. That's what he prays for. The most important thing for them to make it through this journey, the most important thing for them to live a life 
honouring God to the praise of His glory is that they would have power to know the love of Jesus. And the reason why He prays for this is because they're about to get told how to live, but the only way that you live for Jesus is if you know the love of Jesus. Unless you know the love of Jesus, you can't live for Jesus. But if you are filled with the love of Jesus, then you might be able to live out the love of Jesus. You need to know the love before you can live the love. So he prays that they might know the love of Jesus. And notice that he prays that they might grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now, if, if this was, you know, like if the love of Christ was this big, then you could be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I can measure that. That's measurable. You can grasp that, how... Oh yeah, I can pick up some love that's about this big. But then he says, to know the love that surpasses knowledge. This is a love that is so big that you can't understand it. He's praying an impossible prayer. They would know the unknowable. So this love is higher than we could imagine, wider than we could imagine, deeper than we could imagine, longer than we could imagine. This is a big love. Now, I uh, did a little bit of research because I am a very smart person into how big the universe is. And here's what I found out. It's big. Yeah, it's very big. Uh-huh. It is, according to the first uh, source on Google, and that's about as far as I go in my research, it's about 43 billion light years across. Now the thing about the universe is that whatever size it is right now, it's no longer that size because the universe is constantly expanding. One uh, astrophysicist whose name is Dr. Wendy Freeman, she uh, calculated that the universe is expanding at a rate of 17 kilometers per second per megaparsec. I don't know what that means, but it's a lot. Another, another person on Google, uh, another astrophysicist, said that the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light. So imagine that for our, our uh, scavenger hunt after this, the whole scavenger hunt was to collect a lot of things and build a starship. That was your job. And so this afternoon, we all build a starship. And by, you know, like five o'clock, because it's a big job, you've you got to put, put a bit of time into it. We've built a starship, and we've all hopped in the starship, and we've put in our coordinates for the edge of the universe. So we jump in it, and then we fly all together in our starship to the edge of the universe. We're flying, and we're going at the speed of light, and because of the theory of relativity, it, you know, we might be flying for about 20 billion light years, because if we're in the center of the universe, we're not, but just say we are. We're flying for about 20 billion light years, but it only takes us 10 billion light years and we all managed to survive those 10 billion light years. Once we got to the edge of the universe, we would not be at the edge of the universe anymore. There'd still be a whole lot more universe there. And so then we'd be like, oh no, we've got to put in more coordinates. Then we'd fly to the edge of the universe again and then we got there. There's still more universe and then if we decided, well, we'll go back the other way, there'll still be more universe. The, wherever we go, it's just going to keep expanding. And that's the universe that Jesus built. And if that's what God built, then it's going to get, it's, it's only, his love is only going to be bigger than that. 
The point I'm trying to make is, is not about the size of the universe. Do not trust me for astrophysics thoughts. But here's what the Bible is saying. That if ever you think you've reached the edge of God's love, you haven't. There's always more. And if you go all the way that way and you think you've reached the edge of God's love, it's still going all the way back that way and all the way that way and all the way that way. Anywhere you go, there is more love to discover, more power to discover, more goodness to discover, more of God to discover. There is no point in your life where you will be able to stop and say, I know all of God's love. I am done. I'm finished. It's enough. You can't. There's always more to discover. When I first left school, I thought, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the whole Bible. And I thought, once I've done that, I'll be there. It'll be great. And so I worked through the whole Bible. I read the whole thing. It was great. I had an excellent time. I saw all these things I'd never seen before. I learned all this stuff. And I got to the end of the Bible and I realized I didn't know much of the Bible at all. I had a whole lot more to discover. And that's just just a finite book about God. The Bible is not God. The Bible is just a way for us to understand God, where God reveals himself to us, but it is not God. And if this has infinite things that can be teaching me, how much more is there in God? So never get to the point where you think, I've got enough. I have enough God. I have enough love. I know enough stuff. There's always more God to discover. So how do you get more God? How do you get more of this love? How do you understand more of this love? Well, it's not stuff you have to do. You just have to ask. This prayer is a prayer to know more of God's love. Just ask. Who likes hubba bubba bubblegum? Some of you. Great. Who likes extra bubblegum? Oh, I'm not bubblegum, chewing gum. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> yeah, good. So if you grab a packet of hubba bubba or extra and you look at the back of it, on the back it'll give, there'll be an address for where it's made. It's made in Michigan Avenue, Asquith in Sydney. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it is. You can road trip there if you want to. I lived in the suburb next door to Asquith, and I had friends. <laughs> Here it goes again. All right, there it is. So I had friends who lived in Michigan Avenue in Asquith, and so when you'd, we'd go over there late at night, when you'd leave the house and, the, and it's cool, you could smell the spearmint throughout the whole street. It was great. And my friends and I were like, that, that factory at the end of the road there, that is where all the bubble gum is. We need to get some of that bubble gum. So we start thinking of plans of how we would get the bubble gum. So we go, we walk through, like, walk through the big gate. Uh, when, when a car came out, the gate would open and so we'd rush in and then we'd go in and then we'd walk up to the front desk and we'd say, hello, because we were kids at that point in time. And, uh, and then we'd say, oh, excuse me, um, I was just wondering, could I buy some bubble gum? And we knew they didn't sell bubble gum, but we asked anyway. And then the woman at the front desk would say, no, you can't buy bubble gum. But we can give you some hubba bubba. And we're like, really? Oh, thank you. And then they give us like a bag full of bubble, hubba bubba. And we walk away. We were so happy we had all this hubba bubba. And we go and we'd eat it for like months on end. And then at the end of that, we'd be like, oh, we need to get more. 
And so then we would head back in and I'd, I tried a new tactic and I was like, excuse me, I'm doing a uh, school project on, on where bubblegum comes from. Could you, um, do you have any information for me? And I was hoping she would say no, but I can give you some hubba bubba. But instead she said, oh yes, here's a pamphlet. And I got given a pamphlet about all about where bubblegum and chewing gum comes from. And I was like, oh, I can't chew this. This is the worst. And so it turns out that it comes from some tree in Indonesia or something. I didn't read it that much because it was not hubba bubba. And I was very disappointed. I didn't, didn't work out. So I left again. I had to try and think of a new scheme. Eventually, like many years later, I was talking to a guy. I was telling them about our trips into the hubba bubba factory. And he was like, yeah, I had friends in, who lived in that street too. And we used to go and get bubble gum. And I was like, oh, what did you do? And he's like, we just asked. It's like, hold on, what? It's like, yeah, we didn't trick them or anything. We just was like, could we have some bubble gum? And they'd be like, sure. And they'd give it. And I'm like, I could have just asked this whole time. I didn't have to make up crazy schemes to get stuff. Like, yeah, just ask. And this is what this is saying. If you want to know the love of God, just ask. You don't have to come to church and, you know, close your eyes and feel lots of stuff so you get the love of God. Just ask. You don't have to be a really good person so that God will love you. Just ask. You don't have to go to to camps or to the most holy places. Just ask. It's a prayer that God loves to answer. He wants you to know his love. He wants to answer this prayer. So ask him. Ask him for yourself. Ask him for your friends. Ask him for your family. Ask him for the the weird person on the bus who you only see once and you wonder if they're going to stab you. Ask for everyone that they would know the love of Christ. It's a prayer that God wants to answer. Now, there are some things that you can do that will, that will help you to experience the love of Christ. And this is, how one, this is not things that you have to do so that you experience the love of God. But there are some ways that, that we've seen again and again that God, there are ways that God answers these prayers. There are things that, that, that God continually works through so that we might discover His love. And so here are some things that you can be doing in ways that God often answers this prayer. So you can spend time reading your Bible. Because in God's Word, God shares with us about who He is, what He has done, and about His love. And so spend time in the Word. But ask. Say, as I read this, may you reveal to me more of your love. And God would love to answer that prayer. Also, God answers the prayer often when, people are, when God's people are together. So when we are together in, in communities like this, at youth group, at church, in D-teams, on camps, all sorts of places, that can be often places where you experience and you discover more of God's love, where you learn things about who God is and where we share with each other. That's one of the ways that often God answers the prayer. So come to church, come to youth group, go on camps, be with God's people, because that is a place where he likes to answer this prayer. And often you can discover that when you... are obedient to God. He's like, I'm going to live for God and I'm going to take a step of faith and do something that's a little bit scary. We see God come through and we discover more of his love. But all of these things are not things you have to do to experience God's love, but these are ways that God answers this prayer. So ask and then go and live for him. 
Because the more you understand God's love, the more you'll be able to live out His love. If you want to be someone who lives for Jesus, the first thing you need to know is the love of Jesus. So discover His love, ask for it, and the more you discover it, the more you'll be able to live for Him. Make sure you start with the love and then go to the living because that's the direction that things work in. Now this prayer that Paul prays, as we see, it is an impossible prayer. He prays that you might know the love that surpasses knowledge and that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How can you be filled with all the fullness of an infinite being? It doesn't work. It's too much. It's too big. So how can God answer this impossible prayer? Well, he's a God who is able to do impossible things. Have a look at this last bit. In verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Whatever we imagine God could do, whatever we think that God could do, he can do more. There is is no way we can measure the amount that God can do. So we can ask for anything and trust that he is able to do it and he will do whatever is necessary for us to know the love of Christ. One of the things that I like doing, uh, which I don't get to do that often, but one of the things I like doing is staying in fancy hotels, like a fancy five-star hotel. The reason why I like it, there's lots of reasons why I like it, but the times when I get to like is I get to do it. One of the things I love doing is there's, a, there's often a phone in there, and the phone is fine. I've seen many phones before, but these particular phones, you pick it up and you press one button and it takes you to the front desk. And there's someone at the front desk whose job it is to do whatever you ask of them. And so one time, Emily, my wife, and I we were staying in one of these fancy hotels and we had a lot of cheese with us, but we didn't have any knives to cut up the cheese. So we just picked up the phone, pressed the button, and they're like, hello. And that's not exactly how they talk, but, you know, it sounds fancy. They're like, what can I do for you? And we're like, could we have uh, some knives, please? Of course we have knives. We'll bring them right now. And then, like, two minutes later, knock, 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 there's a man with knives at the door. And normally that's bad, but in this case it was good. So we took the knives. It was great. And then I had another friend who was, who was staying in a fancy hotel, he was trying to write a stand-up comedy set. He wanted a whiteboard. I'm like, as if you'd, uh, you, anyone would want to stay in a fancy hotel with a whiteboard, but he did. And so he just picked up the phone. Excuse me? Hello? He's like, could I have a whiteboard? Of course, we'll bring the whiteboard. And then, knock, 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 two minutes later, here's the whiteboard, and the whiteboard comes in. So I want to try it more. I want to pick up the phone and say, excuse me? And like, yes. He's like, could I please have a dolphin in a top hat and a monkey dressed as a cowboy? Of course, we will do it right now. And then... Along comes a dolphin in a top hat and a monkey dressed as a cowboy. I don't know if they'll actually do it, but I hope. Like, that's the best thing that I can imagine that they could do. But maybe they could do even more than I could imagine. The truth is, with God, He can do more than we can imagine. Even if the fancy hotel can't get me a dolphin in a top hat and a monkey dressed as a cowboy, God can. He probably won't, but He could if it's the best thing for me. If that's the way I would experience the best of Christ's love, then I'll tell you what, I'm going to turn up over at Ian's place where we're staying and there'll be a monkey and a dolphin over there. 
Because God wants to answer this prayer. This is what I, that's the best that I can imagine. But God can do more than we can imagine. So let's think about, like, what is the most unimaginable thing that God could do? You can't imagine it, but I'm going to tell you something that is unimaginable that God has already done. Imagine you are a God and you created a whole entire world. And on that world, you created some humans. And those humans were meant to be loving and kind, but instead they rebelled against you and hurt each other and hurt you. Now those humans, they could try and think of some way to solve this problem. And we've talked about some ways to solve this problem, to, to pray a lot, to do some sacrifices, to do good things, to solve this problem. They're the things that humans could imagine doing. But what those humans would not imagine doing is saying, excuse me, God, could you solve this problem for us? And the way we'd like you to solve this problem is that you yourself would become a human like us. That you would come down and live with us. And when you live with us, you would tell us how to live. You would show us what a good life is, a perfect life. Now that part... Just if that was it, then maybe that is imaginable that God would do that. But then for those humans to imagine, to say to God, oh, and while you're at it, could you die for us? Could you let us put you to death? And in doing that, even though we don't know what we are doing, even though you become a victim of our hate, in doing that, you give us life. You win us forgiveness so that we might be forgiven and live forever with you. If God had not done it, we could not imagine that he would do it, but he has done it anyway. He has already done immeasurably more than we could ask for. He has already done something unimaginable for us so that we might be part of his family, that we might know his love. So if he's willing to do that for you, then you can pray these impossible prayers. You can pray the biggest prayer you can think of and you can trust that he wants to answer it with the best he can give you. If he's already given you his son, he will give you everything else you need to love him and follow him. He will fill you with his love. He will fill you with the full, his fullness beyond measure. He will do this if you ask. So ask, ask for yourself, ask for your friends, ask for your family, ask for anyone you meet, that they might know the love of Christ, that they might have power to grasp the ungraspable, to know the unknowable, to be filled with all the fullness of God, so that, they, so that all of us might be able to live for him. The more we know the love of God, the more we can live the love of God. Let us ask and pray these prayers so that we too might know Jesus and be able to live for him. How about I pray this prayer for us? For this reason, we kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen everyone here with power through his spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that we, 
being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope you love Jesus just that little bit more. If you want to get your hands on the Ephesians devotions, then head to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Ephesians. There you can also find my other books, videos, and plenty of other stuff. So feel free to check it out and don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.